welcome to another episode of See You Next Tuesday podcast. I'm Jesse. I'm Amanda. And we are actually the real ones. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that, Amanda. I'm salty and you know what I mean. You're very, you're on an 11 today. <laughs> 11 is like where your, your kind of baseline is at this point. Well, you poked my buttons this morning. Yeah. Yes. We're actually recording not usually we usually record at night we're actually recording during the day today so and it's so fucking weird my neighbors are mowing their grass don't they know we're doing shit i know right it's like they they should have like looked out for you or something i kind of want to go hey bro you need to stop i'm doing some business like chill out just let me let me handle this and then you can mow the lawn i mean how hard is this i'm gonna let you know in about six to eight hours when we're done <laughs> podcasting. Oh my God. Oh, one thing I do want to take us down a little bit here. Um, we actually are podcasting on September 11th on the 20th anniversary. Um, and it's a weird, it's weird. There's definitely some feelings. I'm feeling feelings mm-hmm. I haven't felt in a while. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. So we're thinking of y'all. Yes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you guys, if you knew anybody and you know, or or part of it, it, we're just really, like I said, we're thinking of you guys. We're wishing nothing but the best for you and your families, and and just know that if you need to take a day or a week or however long, take it. It's important, and uh, yeah, kind of a big day. Yeah, I mean, I'm having thoughts and feelings, but you know what I do. Yeah, you got to suppress that. Way to go, typical Gen X. You know, mm-hmm. just just crush that way down until it becomes like a problem yes that's what i've been doing okay yeah don't worry else millennials will feel everything for you all at once i really appreciate (laughs) all the time (laughs) i really appreciate you doing that for me yeah so you were feeling feelings about work do you want to get into that girl i've been saving this for you i know that's why i'm like i'm like prompting you to tell me because i really fucking want to know i got scolded at the office for using I was gonna. I was hoping it was cunt, but you know what? It's just as good to me. I wasn't even speaking to anyone. It was under my breath, and I said, "She really drives me fucking crazy." And um, my boss happened to be walking by my desk at that moment, and I was told we don't use that word in the office. Oh, really? And I said. In true Amanda fashion, my response to that was, oh, I'm sorry, Dad. Oh, <laughs> shit, you didn't say that. You said that? Yeah, I really did. Oh. And then what happened? Nothing. Wait, so they didn't, so they just walked away? They just said we don't say that in the office? Well, I walked away. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Got it. You were like, yeah, no, I was done with that conversation. <laughs> yes. I was done with that conversation. Apparently, it continued on with the other people in the office, and he continued on about, like, I've never been allowed to say that word, and I've never said that word, and I don't say that word, and it's not appropriate for the office, and here's the deal. For years, I've been saying that word in the office. Like, legit, is that the first time you've ever heard me fucking say fuck (laughs) in the office? No, it's probably not. I'm pretty sure I said that while standing in your office speaking to you like two days before so no 
Get the fuck out of here. So what's the noise then? Why, why, why bring it up now then? I think he was having a bad day. And so we're going to make an issue out of something that for me is a non-issue. Like if you have that big of a problem, go find a write-up form, fill it out, and I'm going to tell you I'm not going to sign it. Right. I mean like, and not to give too much information, but your job isn't client facing. So it's not like you're going to be like blasting out fuck in front of like potential customers or something like that. Correct. Right. And it's like an internal office situation. And it was under my breath, bro. <laughs> I wasn't even talking to nobody. Like how, I mean, how intent are you listening at that point? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All I'm going to say is if somebody else doesn't get written up for being incompetent at their job, then I'm going to say fuck all I want. So what you're saying is there's bigger problems than you saying fuck? Yes, ma'am. Do you want to get into that? No, ma'am. Because <laughs> I will go off for the next three hours. It would be the, the whole podcast would be talking about coworker issues. Yes, that would turn into another podcast that I actually love called um, Shout Them Out. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. I love them so much. Jesus. <laughs> Y'all, I am so sorry. I want to get your name exactly right because I tend to um, rename things all the time. I'm like, I'm just going to call you this. And then I find out your name is like like that, but not exactly not that. Not quite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fuck my work life. Oh, that's great. This podcast is great. They just tell like fucked up work stories. I love it. They're great. I love them. J and K. They're amazing. I have, They helped you get through your work day. <laughs> Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> Knowing it's not, I mean, it's bad, but you're like, oh shit, that's bad. When you hear other stuff, you're oh, like, oh yeah. damn. Yeah. I'm like, oh, these bitches over here, I can, I can deal with them because I don't have to do that. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But that's interesting. Like they kind of did that in my work too. There was a new guy who came in who was like a senior, you know, manager and very nice guy. I mean, I really appreciate him a lot, but not a cusser. And so, you know, but... I'll just, I mean, disclosure, I'm in sales and like, I don't know if you've heard how salespeople talk or are a salesperson like on the, you know, in our office, we used to talk so much shit and just bullshit each other and cuss. And it's basically like high school locker room bullshit. You know what I mean? And yes, it is very masculine. There's still that crap, but you know, you can kind of get a feel for it and know when it crosses a line and when it doesn't. You know, if it's like playful ribbing or not. But anyway, yeah, his whole thing was the same. Like, he never really said it out loud. It was more like, a, um, just know other people are on the phone as well, so be careful what you say around, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Which I get. Don't be screaming, you know, F-bombs across the floor or anything, but I was definitely like, God dang it, I'm going to have to say all this shit underneath my breath. But now I'm working from home and thank God because when we have to go back to the office, I'm going to have a fucking problem. I'm going to have a problem with my mouth. Well, this is not the first time I've had this situation happen. It's just the last time it wasn't by a boss. It was just by a coworker. Wait, at the same place or? No, no, no. This was like 20 years ago. I worked in a construction office. Oh, come on. A fucking construction office and this hoity-toity wannabe bougie bitch that drove a fucking Corvette who was like 50 years old working in a construction office. Okay. She's like, I don't like that word. It offends me. Nowadays, we'd probably fucking call her Karen. 
Um, yeah, for real. The OG Karen. Yeah, and this was like a small company. It wasn't like huge. Right. And she's like, I'm going to complain to HR. And I'm like, oh, I'm looking around and I'm not seeing that department here. Yeah, so by all means, go complain to whatever the fuck you think you're going to complain to. Yeah. That was a shit job anyways. Yeah. Fuck her. You know. <laughs> go fuck yourselves if you don't like fuck. Fuck yourself. Oh, which brings us to another point. What's that? Um, our podcast is called See You Next Tuesday. Ah, yes. And if you couldn't tell, we say cunt. <laughs> and, and it stands for cunt. And we cuss and say the dirty wordies. We do. Um, and we talk about fucked up shit. And if you're not into any of that... Uh, probably not a good podcast for you. Probably not. I mean, we'd love for you to stay and listen to our story because our stories are great, but we're probably going to say something at some point that is going to offend you. We try to warn you when we have a SP, a.k.a. shit pothole, which is our version of a trigger warning. Yep. But we won't warn you before we throw in a fuck or a shit or a cunt or a whatever we twat or yeah thing oh, twat's a great one bell end that's another good one from britain yeah that's so. a good one but yeah no absolutely right but we will warn you obviously like she said of mm-hmm. crazy fucked up shit coming your way but anyway we talk about true crime obviously and uh, at this point we're doing family members and right now we're in moms yeah and i got a doozy okay, for you you've been teasing me this fucking mom oh, for there's a week a bomb in there oh ready 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 right. Let's do this shit. I'm getting comfy, go. So, I got everything from the book. She wanted it all. A true story of sex, murder, and a Texas millionaire by Catherine Casey. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm already in love. I'm picturing big hair. I brought it back to Texas. Okay. Okay. Take us here. I left Texas. And you know what? We got the best. Texas Uh, has the best. Oh, we definitely do it bigger. As we all know. Go big or go home, <laughs> Texas. Uh, uh, uh. And, well, you'll find out. You'll find out more. Because when I say bringing it home, I brought it home. Oh, my God. So, Celeste Johnson was born February 13th, 1963. She was one of four children to Edwin and Nancy Johnson. And Edwin and Nancy met in the mid-50s when Edwin left the Air Force. And they met in Ohio while Nancy was a telephone operator oh my god I knew you would love that I do love that so Edwin had been a mechanic while he was in the Air Force um but he kind of had some demons uh okay let me guess drinking and pills no they were um from his childhood oh no um shit Powell he grew up in Connecticut and he lost a brother to drowning, um, but it was when his father let the stroller unattended and it rolled into the river. Oh my God, honey. So, and this tragedy really affected Edwin's father um, because he blamed himself. Right, of course. Mm-hmm. So when Edwin was seven, shit pothole, um, his father ended up shooting himself. God, that's awful. So Edwin did not escape this situation unaffected. Nobody would. No. I I don't think anybody would. Very traumatic. So whenever the family traveled back east, he would take them to the river where the accident happened. And um, one of his sons, Cole, said that he had a morbid fascination with it. Interesting. Um, So 
Edwin and Nancy moved to Camarillo, California, which is a small town um, between Santa Barbara and L.A. Okay. So this was the 60s, and the population was about 20,000. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy to think about. (laughs) So, and it was your basic, typical small town. The children would walk home from school, and then if it started to rain, the police would drive them home, you know, just like beaver cleaver, you know, bullshit. Yeah, typical stuff. Um, so Edwin opened Johnny Johnson's Vehicles of Wolfsburg. What a great name. You want to know where that name came from? Please. It was his um, Air Force nickname. Johnny Johnson? Yeah. That's a great nickname, man. Yeah, I didn't have those nicknames anymore. I know. Marty or Skitch or... Skip. Like, yeah. We, we need to bring those back. Yeah, we need to bring it back. <laughs> So, um, this was actually, it was the 60s, so it was a VW um, repair shop. Beatles and buses were all over that, the California coast. Yeah, I'm loving it. So, you know, he was doing his thing. Um, He joined the local chamber of commerce. um, Oh, shit. And from the outside, they were the typical middle class family. All right, yeah. I'm buying it. Um, So, Edwin and Nancy... um, they tried to have children for six years, mm-hmm. but SP, they had three miscarriages mm. during that time. So um, Nancy not being able to carry a baby to term, they realized that this just isn't going to happen. We're not going to have biological children. Mm. So they decided to adopt. And keep in mind, this is the 60s. Things were done a little bit differently back then. Yeah. They definitely were. Adoption is not what it is now. So they adopted four babies in less than four years. Oof. They probably came, like, because they had, like, those houses. I mean, like, orphanages, essentially. But sometimes, like, women would just leave babies with, you know, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, Nuns. Or they would leave them in, like, a school or, like, a boarding school or, or, like, a house. Or you could just get the word out that you wanted to adopt a baby and... And you, there you go. It was definitely a different time. <laughs> a lot less yeah. regulation. Yeah. So, in birth order, there was Cole. Okay. Um, he was a year old when they adopted Celeste, our girl Celeste. Two days... At, and they adopted her two days after she was born. Nine months after Celeste, they adopted Charisse. And then there was Eddie. Okay. So as any adopted child, um, at some point they would all ask about their biological parents... But Nancy would not give them any information. And according to Cole, she would be downright cruel about it. Oh, my God. And she would say, you're with us because your real mother didn't love you, and I don't love you either. What? Uh, okay, that feels secure for a kid to hear. Mm-hmm. You really feel super comforted and like, wow, uh-huh. what a warm, loving, emotionally mature family this is. Uh-huh. Nancy's a gem. Mmm, a gem, you say? Do we need to bless her heart, or are we there yet? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I bless somebody's heart in here at some point. Okay. <laughs> I didn't bless her heart right then, but we can do that. I mean, just saying, it's very uh, upsetting. So, um, what went on outside of the public eye depends on who you want to believe at this point. Because we got conflicting stories okay. on what happened inside the home. Nancy likes to portray the family as the Beaver Cleaver family. Um, 
Naturally. They baked cookies. She took the kids to Disneyland, not once, but twice. Ooh. They sang, they danced. But on the flip side, the kids recalled their childhood differently. They say there were very few of those actual days. And Therese claims that Nancy had psychological problems and it wasn't ever a happy household to be in. Mm-hmm. Now, Nancy did suffer a psychiatric um, break and she went to the hospital for a short stay. Shocking. But let me tell you why she suffered the breakdown, according to her. Diet pills. <laughs> Man, what's up with those fucking diet pills? Oh was Betty God. Lou her dealer? Dude, the fucking speed back in the 50s and 60s that was going around that and barbiturates. Man, people were taking that shit like candy like it was no big deal. Like, well, it's prescribed by a doctor, so it must be okay. I, well, I don't... Yeah, who well, the fuck wouldn't have a fucking breakdown? I'm like, diet pills again? Betty Lou beats... Yeah. She must have been her dealer. Like, I Dude. just, I'm like, we bring in this full circle shit. Yeah. Speed was a, was real. Like, not like it's not now, but back okay. then it was definitely and, like, and And she was under stress and insomnia. You were under insomnia because of those fucking diapers, bitch. Yeah. Jesus. Wow. Okay. So she was released from the hospital and she returned home to care for the children while Edwin spent the majority of his day at his shop. Of course he did. He was running a business. You were the stay-at-home mom. It's the 60s. That's what you did. Jesus. Right. So um, the kids attended West Valley Christian Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say Celeste was in the TAG program. Do you remember the TAG program? I don't. Talented and gifted? Oh, yeah, because I wasn't any of those things. <laughs> I got tested in the fifth grade. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> you want to just like wipe your shoulders off a little bit more? Just, mm-hmm. just saying. <laughs> so, anywho, you might want to remember that. So, as a child, not that I was in the tag program, that Celeste was. Are you sure you don't want me to remember that you were in the tag program? Everybody remember, I was in the tag program, send me gifts, my P.O. boxes. Okay, so what, what did you get in the tag program? Oh, no, I was tested to be in the tag program. <laughs> <laughs> So you actually didn't get anything out of it. Like, like, as in like, oh, like I wasn't, I was, I wasn't accepted into the program. I was just tested to be in the program. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. They said, your kid's really smart. We should test her to be in the tag program. But then I took the test and they were like, nah, we don't want you. You're over here acting like you won some fucking award. Like you're like the, the state champion to get gifted and talented or whatever the fuck. Oh my God. Uh, so tag is talented and gifted. It's for the smart kids. I should have gone gat. That would have been fun, more fun to say. <laughs> Jesus, we're going to have another fight. Anywho, we're moving on. We're moving on. Moving on. As a child, she was a sweet little girl. But she was also learning how to manipulate people. So as a kid, she knew the power of a well-placed compliment. Mm. And her brother Eddie, the youngest of the clan, said as a kid, and I'm quoting, she could convince people of absolutely anything. Mm. Remember this. Okay. So while Celeste was the sweet little girl that in 1976 gave a speech honoring the country's bicentennial... Um, Kitty Celeste could also had another side, Eddie called frightening and calculating. Oh. So, the, I mean, manipulation and, you know, calculating kind of do go together, so makes sense. 
It's like the perfect little stew she's got going on there. Mm-hmm. And she started it. Let's see. She was born in, what did I say, 63? Yeah. 63 to 76, 13. Mm-hmm. So by 13, she's already... In her prime. She's already mm-hmm. knowing exactly mm-hmm. how to do this thing. Yeah. So at that point, it's almost like, I feel like it's partly nature and nurture. I think like she had it in her. We don't you know, know what I mean? Her, we don't know who her mom is. Right. Yeah. That's true. Her mom potentially could have. It's Betty Lou Beats. Sold her. <gasps> Betty Lou! It's Betty Lou. Oh, please let it be Betty No, she loved. No, she gave her kids away and killed her husband. Yeah, yeah. Um, Don't forget. So, <laughs> they were able to keep everything that was going on inside the house, good or bad, um, to themselves until the early 70s when Celeste was 11 and Edwin's business failed. Mm. And Edwin decided, instead of finding another job um, or starting another business, he wanted to go to college on the GI Bill. Yay, Edwin. Okay. Whoop, whoop. I'm like excited for you. That's, you know, going to college, getting an education, but brah, you got a family. Maybe right. you should get you a part-timer. Right, right, right. Something, Something. that you can, yeah. Um, so Nancy, she had to start working as a cake decorator. Mm. Um, but this also caused their financial problems to begin to escalate because you got this business. Right. And now you don't have that and she's a cake decorator. I love my cake lady. She does amazing. I fork over good hard cash for her amazing cakes. But right. I think in the 70s they probably didn't make that much money. No. And especially if you're just like doing it for a business or hell even a grocery store. You're not making that much money. Mm-mm. You know? So, and, and going from that, you know, f- to that, from like a, a business, a yeah. successful car dealership is a massive pay cut yes. for the family. So, they had to pull their kids out of private school right. and put them in public school. Eek! Not public school. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> so, Celeste began acting out at home when she turned 13. And this is basically when she turned into a little cunt. Huh. Oh, did I just ruin it? Yeah, I mean, I would assume she was the cunt. She might not be the cunt. Remember, we thought people were the cunt and they weren't the cunt. Are you just trying to like fool me right now? I'm just saying at 13, she was a cunt. Okay. She was a little cunt. She was a baby cunt. She was a cuntlet. Oh, cute. Cuntlet. I love it. Hashtag cuntlet. There it is. We made a new word. (laughs) Oh, and what was really making things worse was um, she had a little bestie at the church um, and her bestie's family had money. And they would buy Celeste expensive gifts and take her on trips. And this was probably the first time she really saw what money could buy. Right. And realized its value. And went, wait a minute. Yeah. And, you know, I know things. So that probably had an effect on her. Well, and then you add manipulation to it. And she's like, wait a minute. I can use my already developed skills at 13 to get this money thing that these other people have that I've never really had. Interesting. Yes. And things continue to get worse in the household. Um, so, Edwin, oh, bless his heart. Oh, Ooh, that's the first one. No. He was once clean cut, even though he was, you know, fixing up the Beatles and the buses and dealing with the hippies. He was clean cut, but now he was scruffy and he went by Jedediah. Oh, God. Oh, so, picturing a neck beard. So, 
Oh, the chops. Yeah, the big neck beard. It's like scraggly at the, the bottom. Chops, the chops. Ugh. So Christmas Eve 1977, Nancy threw him out of the house. She said, fuck you. I'm done, Jedediah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I feel like that statement's been said many times in history. I'm done with you, Jedediah. Fuck. Did they say, fuck you, I'm done, Jedediah? <laughs> I we, hope so. We, I, we, we don't know. I hope so. <laughs> so the following three years... It was just a war with the divorce. I mean, they fought over everything. Money, the shop tools, the kids. I mean, um, Cole says Edwin was crazy, but Nancy was vindictive and brainwashed the girls to hate their father. And it really affected Celeste. She actually got on the stand and told lies about Edwin. Alleged lies. Like, and at their divorce hearing? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um... And that's when Celeste really changed. She was angry all the time. Everyone in the house she was knew she was out of control, but she didn't really do anything about it. Um, and one time Nancy did ask Celeste why she was so angry. Mm-hmm. Probably, I'm assuming because I read the whole book. Um, the only time Nancy like did something caring... And Celeste told her she was just trying to get her attention. Okay. And that was probably the only true thing that has ever come out of Celeste's mouth. And Nancy as well, it feels like. Like, the true action. Yes. Can we have a sidebar for a moment yeah. since I mentioned the book again? Yeah, yeah. I want to say, I'm not a big Audible book person. Right. I've only listened to one or two before, but I had to Audible this shit. Girl... If you don't read this book, audible it. She does voices for the characters. Does she really? Yes. And she wrote the book and does the the narration too? No, no, no. Whoever did the narration. Oh, got it. Did the dude. It's like, oh my God, it is the best. Really? It is the best. If you don't want to read 420 pages, audible it because you get voices for each character. Oh, that's great. I love when people are really good at reading books. That's amazing. Okay, sorry. Let's get back into it. No, no. I meant to say that at the beginning, and I forgot. <laughs> no, that sounds awesome. I love a good like story that like engages you. I was like listening to it at work, and I'm like, oh, that's Celeste talking. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. I digress. So in school, Celeste was kind of the opposite. As a freshman in high school, she lettered. On, as a freshman on the varsity swim team, she was a member of the debate team. Um, she was not an ugly goose. She was tall, had long legs, thick blonde hair, blue eyes, high cheekbones. Um, but she did hang out with the other kids from broken homes like hers. Um, and her friends would say, and I quote, she sized up people. She knew how to get what she wanted. She did it with teachers, even the rest of us kids. Wow. Um, she had a wild streak that would captivate some. And, um, of course it did. I don't know if I should SP this or not. I don't know. I don't know at this point. One thing that struck her older brother, Cole, is that after he lost his virginity, um, the girl told him, and I quote, I already done it with Celeste. Oh, shit. Celeste just kind of did whatever the fuck she wanted. Wow. Anywho, men were attracted to her, and by all appearances, she seemed to be attracted to men, so I don't... I mean, you could just do whomever, you know? Yeah. It feels like, though, that this is, even though it seems like the opposite of what someone who's, like, a manipulator would do, it actually 
I feel like it fits perfectly. The appearance of everything's great and also that like no impulse control thing where it's sort of like I'm just going to do whenever, whatever, whenever I want to. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it feels right, you know, for her. Just this whole, and the other thing is like kind of tempting fate, like seeing how much she can get away with too. Yeah, because nobody is stopping her. Nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody is caring. Right. So it's nice to be a cute like like white blonde lady <laughs> you know? love it yep <laughs> so Celeste was 15 when she met Craig Bratcher who was 17 mm-hmm. that sounds cute like okay mm-hmm. at the time <laughs> according to Craig they met at a bar where they made out is that still cute um high school kids drink and you know at a bar I mean I don't know fake ideas man I mean is it true? I don't fucking know. I don't know, but if it's, <laughs> it's a good story, <laughs> you know. If I was gonna lie, I would think of a much better one. That's true. Yeah. So Craig's parents were divorced, and Hannah's brothers lived with their dad, which I find weird um, because it was the '70s, and we all know even today they go with the mom. Yeah, the court tries to keep him with the mom, but he was 17, so maybe he chose. Or, like, mom was just so fucked up, they're like, no, we're going to have to go with the dad. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know? Um, his house was the house where all the kids skipped school and drank and smoked pot. Ah. So, you know, how fucked up could the mom be? Right. And the dad's just wilding out and letting him wild out. Yeah. So, Craig was muscular with a little permanent food, baby. He had long brown hair. <laughs> the side fell over his forehead. Right above his eyebrows. You got the picture. Cute. Okay, and we're trying like the 70s? Uh-huh. We're getting like kind of like a, like a, like a feathering? I'm, I'm picturing a Kelso. A Kelso. With a food baby. Okay. I got you. That's what I'm picturing The burger belly. Head. The little like, I've had one too many But burgers, not but fat. I'm, not fat. But I'm thin everywhere else. Yes, got it. yes, okay. yes. Yeah, I got it. That's how I'm picturing Craig. Yep. So, um. <laughs> I would have dated that. Just to FYI, back in the day, I could see the appeal, the appeal there. Yeah. Plus, he's got, like, it's his house. You could do whatever the fuck you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but he was shy. And, oh, um, my God. Even better. So, when they met, Celeste had the Farrah Fawcett. The, the hair? Uh-huh. <gasps> oh, of course she did. God dang it. And it's California? Yes. Shit. She's living my dream right now. So, do I even need to say it? Craig fell in love. I mean... I mean, who wouldn't? Did I need to say the Farrah Fawcett hair to this day is deadly? Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. You have Kelso and Farrah Fawcett. I mean, boom. What more do you need in life? You don't. Well, so um, you know, by all appearances, Celeste seemed just as smitten. She was with Craig every waking moment, and by the time she was a sophomore, she rarely went to school. I mean, you know, but her relationship started to mimic her family dynamic. Right. Are we shocked? No, no, we're not shocked. But she said, Nancy, Edwin, I see your relationship and I'm going to raise you. Oh, no. So she alleged... And we're going to start seeing this a lot, that her boss at the pizza place she worked with was sexually harassing her. 
So Craig, being the man that he was, right? You're not gonna do that to my girl. He got his brother Jeff and their friends. And they went to confront him. Okay. Um, they started fight. Blah blah blah. You know, high school shit. It was a thing. Everyone got in trouble. Right. But later, Craig thought, I don't think she was even telling the truth. Oh. And then Celeste just seemed to bring out the worst in Craig. She would get him riled up, so he would go crazy. Craig would believe everything she told him. Right. Her her shenanigans eventually caught, you know, just everything. And so her shenanigans eventually caught up with her, and the kids in the high school didn't even want her around anymore. Um, so the only person that stuck with her was her friend Gail. And... Um, you know, she tried to go to parties. They would kick her out. They were like, we don't want you here. Gail? No. Celeste. Oh, because she's too crazy. They were mm-hmm. just saying like, no, no, no. Yeah. We all need a Gail in our lives, you know, too. But Gail stuck by her. Yeah. Gail was like, I ride or die. bad for her. Gail was her ride or die. Yeah. Yeah. We all need a Gail. We'll see how ride or die she is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, while all this is going on... The divorce is still happening. Okay. It was still nasty. It's okay. I'll sit home. You know, and this is when Celeste, you know, lied on this. Allegedly. I'm going to say allegedly because I don't know. I was not there. But, you know, Celeste had bigger fish to fry than the divorce. Because she was pregnant. Oh, of course she was. God dang it. So, what do you do in 1980 when you're 17 and pregnant? The worst thing possible, I'm sure. That's right. You get married. Awesome. So on December 6, 1980, Craig and Celeste got married. Cool. Start your tally marks. One. Marriage number one. Okay, got it. <laughs> I was going to say, it's probably more than one of these. Oh, man. Celeste was very pregnant when they got married, and she wore a red gingham maternity dress. Oh, God. And Craig wore a blue and white shirt with jeans. Were we going for the American flag motif? Like, what was happening? It was 1980. It was a care. shotgun wedding. They were 18, no, 17. I don't and care. What was that age difference? Two years. 17 and, and 19. 19. D- d- there is no excuse for this behavior. You can buy a fucking $100, $50 dress at that of the Goodwill. There's plenty of old ass used wedding dresses there. And you're telling me that they didn't have style? No. no. Inexcusable. Well, when- I no. said she was very pregnant. You're about to okay. find out how very pregnant she was and why she probably couldn't find a wedding dress to fit her. Did she? Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to guess. Hold on to your seat. Okay. You're not going to You're not gonna see this one oh. happening. Oh, my God. So the newlyweds moved into an apartment in Oxnard, and Gail would visit her girl during the day. And um, on February 6, 1981, Gail was popping in for a little chat when she found Celeste walking home from the liquor store where she went to buy junk food. Um, what now? Well, in the 80s, you would go buy... The liquor stores had more stuff than liquor. Oh, okay. I was like... Well, she didn't. She wasn't buying the booze. She oh. was buying the junk food. She <laughs> gotcha. was buying the junk food. Well, Celeste was supposed to be on bed rest, but mm. Celeste said she didn't do bed rest. I get you, girl. I was on bed rest starting at 24 weeks with the pod twins. Oh. So, it sucks, girl. It sucks, but you can't... You gotta do what the doctor says. Right. Well, Celeste gave birth um, that evening, two months early, 
to identical baby girl twins. Oh, God. That's why a dress wouldn't fit her. She was pregnant with twins. Oh, my God. Boom, 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 boom. Because, yeah, one's not enough. We're Celeste. We do everything to the max. Boom, boom, boom. She said, Edwin, Nancy, I see you. And you're crazy and I raise you. Seriously. What the fuck? She named them Jennifer and Christina. Oh, thanks for not. Oh, thank God. There's two different initials. Thank God. I was worried it's going to be like Jessica and Jennifer or some shit like that where you're like, God dang it. Now I have to like say these words, these J names for the next three hours. I'm going to try not to talk that long. I'm going to talk that long. I, I talk. Let's the, do it. The sweet baby angels only weighed two pounds, seven ounces and two pounds, 11 ounces. Oh gosh. They were two months early. Yeah. So the babies weren't breathing well, and they had to be transported to a larger medical center where they were put on respirators. Okay. Stop holding your breath. That's not the story I'm telling you. The girls recovered quickly and were able to go home. I'm keeping on talking, bitches. (laughs) Less than a year later, the marriage was already heading for a cliff. Yeah. Are you shocked? No, not at all. I can't surprise you anymore. (laughs) You know my stories too well. I'm going to do a straightforward story next time. Um, So the family didn't have any money, and with two small children, they moved seven times in six months. Ooh. Sharing apartments with friends, up to Washington with Craig's grandfather, back down to California. At the drop of a hat, Celeste would um, have the life of a raccoon who she's a shiny object, but instead of shiny things, it was men. It could be any any man. It didn't matter. She would run off and leave the twins with Craig. And then whenever Celeste was done playing with her new toy, she would come back to Craig, excusing her behavior, saying it was due to her childhood demons. Oh my gosh. Are I'm... you are you ready for these demons? Oh, I mean, please. I mean, what demons? I mean, so many demons. I mean, yes, she grew up in Dysfunction Junction, but demons? Well... <laughs> She told Cherie, Craig's mom, shit pothole, everyone. Hit the 15-second forward button if you're... As a child, she had been sexually abused by her father. Oh, yeah. I figured that's where she was going with that. Of course, Craig felt sorry for her and took her back. But there's no proof for this, in other words. And she's just using it as a manipulation tactic. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, of course. And the other thing is, is like... With her doing all this stuff, right, I feel I feel like she's always just trying to get a leg up. You know what I mean? Trying to figure out her next move. Trying to... And, and I don't know about you. I mean, we all have trauma, but I don't think Strange Dick is going to make it better. I mean, sometimes if we're like so inclined, but in reality, doesn't make it better. No, it complicates fuck out of everything. I mean... Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I'm just saying. Why throw a man in the mix? You're going to have problems as it is. Well, let me tell you all about this. Mm-hmm. Because, Lord have mercy. I'm not even going to bless her heart. <laughs> no? You know, you know how I feel about someone when I don't bless their heart. Yeah. That's pretty bad. So... This is the first time she straight up accused her dad of this, right? Right. And 
this left the family with all different theories of what had happened. Edwin denied ever abusing his daughters, either one of them, her or her sister. Um, Cole and Eddie agreed that they never saw anything inappropriate or any signs of abuse between their dad and his sisters. And Cole even said, and I quote, as nosy as our mom was, she would have known. Mm. He catered to my sisters too much. Did my father molest Celeste? No. Mm. Okay. Nosy Nancy would know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nancy, on the other hand, wasn't as positive um, that Edwin was innocent. She recalls two different stories that, of course, at the time she thought was nothing, and now she's questioning them. I'm going to tell you these stories, and I want your opinion before I give you mine. Okay. Because I'm, I'm a parent, and you're not, so right. let, we'll decide. Okay. So, one, Edwin and Celeste, they were in the same bed. bed. They were both dressed, and he was on the top of the blanket, and Celeste was underneath. And another time, in early in the morning, she found Edwin and Cherise sitting on his lap watching TV. Edwin said he couldn't sleep, so he got Cherise up to keep him company. Cherise said this started when she was five or six and went on until um, he was thrown out of the house. Um. He would wake up both the girls... She says she doesn't remember anything happening, but Celeste told her she didn't want to remember. Uh, the one about the bed, let's start with that one. I, I think the context, any more context for that one. Because like, if it's like, oh, we're watching something in bed together, let's say, right? You and your kid are reading a book. Well, obviously you're outside the covers, they're in the covers, right? I don't know. But the second one... I don't know. I can't tell you how many times, as a parent, I have had my children individually, all three, two at one, any combination of my kids, right, in my bed with us, underneath the covers, mm-hmm. cuddled up watching a movie. Right, right. So my question is, like, what if it was that situation where it was your pod hub and pod daughter, like? Would you be like, what the hell? You'd be like, no. okay, whatever. No. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Especially when they were sick. Like, right, yeah. You know, I mean, the kids are sick. We'd always bring them in bed with us um, so we could monitor their fever, especially if they were running a fever. That way we'd, we'd know if their fever spiked, like things like that. Like, right, okay, that makes sense. Well, or, then, or just something special like let's all get in bed and watch a movie together. Like same, that's the same situation with the TV thing. Like maybe he couldn't sleep. Um, he thought it'd be something special. Hey, let's watch cartoons together. I can't sleep. Like, right, like he, a, it was a something special, moment. special bonding with the girls. Let's get up. Let's watch TV together. Like when my kids were little, they would get up obnoxiously early in the morning. <sighs> so. Um, Daniel would get up, he would lie on the couch, mm-hmm. um, and the kids had their, spe- he would lie on the couch and they each had their special spots sitting with them on the couch to watch cartoons. He would, um, so it's not like, so for me, I'm like, I, I don't see anything nefarious with these specific yeah, stories. I don't either. And I think that the fact that Celeste is like kind of trying to make her sister, um, Charisse or Charisse. Charisse, 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 um, remember something that she's saying, oh, you just need to remember 
or you just don't want to remember. Right. It's kind of like... Your brain is blocking out the trauma. You don't want to remember it. I I mean, at that point... See, and I I just keep going back to Celeste is a manipulator. So this is like a gaslighting technique of... Yes. You just don't want to remember the thing that you... We all know happened. Wink, mm-hmm. wink. And it's like, what? So at that point, you're kind of like, well, did it? And then and then if I were them, I'd be like, well, shit, should I get therapy just to check? Like, what? Exactly. You know? So it's a misdirection for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, personally, as a mom of three children, none of those things, even reading it, I'm like, I wouldn't think anything of it. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. And and that's the thing is like I feel also like some people's families are more close uh physically and that sounds weird to say that, but that's the only way I can think to describe it than others too. Yeah, like some families like always hug. Right, right. Some right. families don't. I grew up Kiss, in whatever. I grew up in a non-hugging family. Same. Yeah. And now I always make sure that I hug my kids before they leave. Like, my kids were just home from college over the holiday weekend. Mm -hmm. Like, I made sure I hugged them goodbye. Like, right. Which I didn't grow up with that. But I'm raising my kids a little bit differently. Of course. I mean, as you should. I mean, yes. But also, like, yeah. So I think that it's just, it speaks to what she's trying to do here, which is manipulate. Yes. Get the attention off of her and just. Great chaos. Agent of chaos. Yeah. So, anyhow. So, we're coming back to the present. Um, Craig's world actually revolved around his daughters. He's the one who gave them baths, fed them. He would become their mother and their father, while Celeste in motherhood was not like a fish to water. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I mean, At yeah. All. Yeah. Um, they would argue, Celeste would claim Craig abused her, she would go manhunting. Wow. I mean, Christina, her daughter would say she never saw her dad hit her mother. Um, but get ready for some fun. Celeste says she didn't enjoy sex because she was abused. And um, she... But she was stepping out on Craig all the time with other men. So Craig felt like she just didn't like him. And it was just him she didn't want to bounce with. Sure. Yeah, it's a fair assumption. I mean, that's, wouldn't a, think that. That, that's a fair assessment. Like, Yeah. I, you just don't want to be with me. You know? And the yeah. whole thing of like, yes, yes, that is a trauma response. Uh, the acting out, so to speak. And like basically having promiscuous sex because you don't feel like you're worthy or whatever, yes, but it's not tracking for what she's doing. Yes. <laughs> We're all over the map here. Yes. <laughs> so. And by no means, I just want to pause real quick. We do not blame victims, just heads up. We're not blaming a victim. The problem with this is she's using fake victimhood to become a martyr and actually discrediting those that actually do go through this experience. And it's really upsetting. Well, and I think that there's a lot of things wrong with Celeste. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. We'll find out exactly what's wrong with her to come. Okay. My issue is she, she you don't ever know what is the truth. 
Right. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. And we'll find out more about this coming up. <laughs> so, Craig, bless his heart, he was powerless when it came to Celeste Cyclone and her chaos. And he couldn't leave her. But 18 months into the marriage, on May 18th, 1982, they actually did divorce. Yeah, thank God. But Celeste was in custody of the girls. What? See, this is where it needs to go to the dad. This, that, that, yes. No. I don't understand that at all. So, thank God these two's drama can end. Just kidding. It was halftime. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. So, after Celeste left Craig, she started hanging out with her girl Gail again. And these two actually moved in together, like, as roomies, right? Okay, cool. Yeah. So, what they did in their apartment is the twins got one room and Gail and Celeste had the other bedroom. But, like bed separate beds like okay. you know yeah so like give the kids their own room yeah but um gail from her point of view celeste you know was manipulating craig she continued to enjoy manipulating him the arguing continued but gail says celeste got a little weird while they lived together celeste when says gail told her where to go or insists craig blah, 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 gail told would tell her where she was going Mm -hmm. and um and in gail's words celeste started treating her more like a daughter or a boyfriend so gail just wanted out and she didn't want a confrontation and Mm -hmm. i mean who can blame her she saw everything celeste was doing with craig right so while celeste was at work gail packed up her car and then when Celeste got home, she just nonchalantly was like, yeah, girl, I'm going out. I'll see you later. That's how you do it, man. And then she refused to tell Celeste where she was going, so Celeste threw a butcher knife at her. Oh, shit. And, I mean, and Gail just, like, left, got in her car. She actually left the county and hid. And there's more to this story, but I... You know, I got time oh, constraints, damn. y'all. I got time constraints, y'all. Wait, so, like, this fucking bitch, like, Irish goodbye her fucking roommate. That's great. Yeah, because she's... Yeah, she's like... And that's actually really smart. I'm not going to tell her where I'm going. I'm not going to tell her that I'm going. I'm just going to, like, kind of slowly make this happen. And then when mm-hmm. she leaves for a day... Oh, look at that. See you later. Yes. yes. So, um, after Gail moved out, Celeste turned her girls over to foster care. <sighs> And this is the first time that's happened. You know, I will say this. It's probably a, a small mercy. Foster system's awful. It's horrendous. But it, 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 in this case, I feel like that's probably the best decision for those girls. To be honest. Like, she's not going to be... She's not a fit mom. She's not. And that's okay to admit that. Yes. But eventually she wanted her kids back. Well, then you can't just pick them up and down. They're not toys. Well... So she moved back in with Craig because she had to have a stable home for her kids. So, fuck and what? Craig, bruh, no, honey. I, I typed that so I felt I needed to say it. Um, so they regained custody of their daughters. Um, yeah. So Harry and Craig moved back in together. Yes. Worst decision ever. Okay. And not only that. Edwin came to live with them too. Edwin, brah. No. Why? No. To support them? 
Like, or is, does he not have a place to stay? Like, what? He, he needed a place to live. This was a disaster. Yeah. So, this was... So, the first time Edwin did something Celeste didn't like, she told the police she was sexually abused by her father. So, what the police do? They brought him in for questioning because that's what police do. That's their job. You say so, something like that, they have to fucking investigate it, of course. So, Edwin actually passed a lie detector test with flying colors. Now, okay, I personally have an issue with lie detector tests because if you truly believe what you're saying is true, even though it's a lie, you're going to pass the test. Right. But they didn't know all this back then, and but all I can tell you is the police never pressed charges. Well, and the thing is, is like I'm with you on lie detector tests. They're, they're absolutely, it's not a measure of guilt or innocence. Really what it is, in my view, is that police put you on it in order to eventually just kind of make you nervous enough to get a confession. You know, because then you're like, oh shit. You know, you get, most people get nervous and then they can just say, hey, you look really nervous. And then you just tell them what they want to hear. But you're right. Sociopaths pass lie detector tests every single time because they don't feel anything for the things that they did or they're just very good at knowing how to hide their emotions. I mean, so I feel like Celeste used this as a tool to get what she wanted. Yes. And I personally... Do not believe it ever happened. I agree with you on that statement. In this specific instance with this person, yeah. I agree. I tried very hard not to victim blame. Right, of course. And I... But in this case, I do not feel this. While I do think a lot of things did happen to Celeste in her life, I do not think that happened. I Right. Based on the... When you take the full context of her life and her personality type and her how she's using manipulating people since she was 13 years old, it's really hard to go that extra distance whenever there isn't any other um, substantiating evidence to support her claims, right? So, like, yeah. there's not this isn't one of those incidents where there's smoke, there's fire at all. It's more like she's creating the smoke and there is no fire. Yes. Yes. So, sorry guys. Please don't hate us. Yeah, please. Uh, let us know what you think though. If y'all have uh, other information that we know, let yeah, us know. Yeah, or if but... you feel differently, but don't be like aggro about it. <laughs> We're all, we, we, we do love a good discussion. Please, uh, yeah, yeah, let it be that. Um, so what happened then? So, I mean, are we shocked Celeste and Craig broke up again? Yeah, I... I don't know why they got that together to begin yeah, with, but whatever. because she wanted her kids back. That's the only reason she went back with him. Oh, fuck. So she moved along to a guy from high school to Pete Tim. Craig tried to adhere to the bro code and warn Pete. But, you know, Pete didn't believe him. Um, the girls Pete. went back to foster care. Celeste told the same story about abuse and not being able to afford her children. Pete fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Moved her in with his parents. 
Pete actually had the same complaint Craig did in regards to their sex life. Here it is. Saying Celeste never really enjoyed it. And he also said she was not very maternal with her children. Celeste's parting gift to Pete was to clean out his bank account and lease an apartment in his name and take off. There we go. Not long after that, Celeste went back to Craig and the little family of four moved to Arizona. Craig, honey. Craig, can I just talk to you for a moment? Craig, stop it. (laughs) Fucking stop it. Cut it out. No. I really feel bad for him because he really tried to make this shit show work over and over At again. At this point, dude, you're you got you need to just stop. You know, like you're not, you're not going to get out what you think you're going to get out of this. At all. She's not going to become a better person. She's not going to be a good mom or wife or whatever. Just move ties. Move ties. <laughs> Cut ties and move on. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There we have it. So, November 1986, Celeste gave birth to another little girl. Fuck me. She gave this one up for adoption. Birth control exists. I don't know if anyone knows this. Birth control exists for this reason. So, you don't have to keep giving kids up for adoption. So, she's a cunt. Mm -hmm. Um, So, she told the adoptive parents that her and Craig had to pay $10,000 in hospital bills. But guess what? Craig had insurance and they covered the bills. So yes, basically, Celeste sold her child for $10,000. Oh my God. Craig didn't like it. Craig didn't agree with it. And not long after that, Celeste had a new man. She took the 10 grand, their income tax refund, the girls, and left. Leaving Craig devastated once again. Oh, honey. SP right now. Hit that little button. He tried to cut his own wrists. Oh, Craig, no. So Jeff's brother sent him to live in Washington with his mom once he was healed enough. And this seemed like the only way people could get away from Celeste and her negative voodoo was distance to GTFO. Seriously. <sighs> Literally leave the state. <laughs> Literally. Jeez. Get away. Get away. Like, ugh. So um, Craig was gone. Celeste left her six-year-old daughter's home alone at night. And even though this was the 80s, someone for once didn't mind their own business and called the authorities. Thank God. So they were back in foster care. These poor, I, honestly, these poor children are going, growing up like this in and out of their mother's home, in other people's homes, in the foster care system. Like, this is just, they have to... So much therapy. (laughs) Like, yes. I just. So, while they were in foster care, they had their very first school vaccinations, their very first dental appointments. Even though foster care was not sunshine and roses and it was a traumatic experience for them, like, they were actually getting like basic medical treatment and need. Right. I mean, like, Like, in other words, things that a parent should be doing? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Wow. I just... So guess what? We have another man. Oh, oh, of course there is. I'm assuming she's going to have like a shit ton of men. Because this is kind of... This is her MO. This is her like, I'm just going to go from this one to this one to this one. Whatever. So now we have Harold Wolf. Harold. 
How much do you love that? I I do love a good Harold. So he was an Air Force mechanic hmm. that worked on F-15 fighter planes at okay. Luke Air Force Base. Nice. Um, but he has said he never fully trusted her. And after a few months, he tried to end the relationship. Notice I said tried. Yes. So what would any logical woman do when your man tries to leave you? You know, fight for him and, you know, be like, no, man, you're not going to leave me. I'm going to leave you first. And then throw his shit out on the lawn. Yeah, no, she didn't do that. Oh. She claimed she was pregnant. Oh, God. Well, she, she, I mean, she might have been at this point. Because she wanted to get married. And um, Harold rejected that plan. And she suggested counseling. Boo, you are so right. You do need counseling. But it was... Not but, but not marriage counseling. You need counseling for you. It, it was, Yeah, it was not counseling for homegirl. It was counts, couples counseling. Of course it was. So the counselor actually said that Harold's distrust was irrational. And um, I, I really think someone should call Craig and Gail and get them on speakerphone for this session. Yeah, we need to phone a fucking friend on this one. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, because um, the counselor don't know what the fuck she's talking about. That, But that also shows you how good of a manipulator she is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's basically presenting everything that this counselor remember, wants to say. I told you to remember she was in the TAG program. Mm-hmm. Tifted. Tifted and... Wow. Gallanted. Yeah. You were trying to like start your fight and have it be something that I opposite of what I said and it backfired on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what I get. I can never say that that, that uh-huh, phrase uh-huh. ever again. Drink your mimosa, bitch. <laughs> Drink your mimosa. Fuck you. <laughs> Love you. Love you. <laughs> so, um, when the counselor said that Celeste hadn't given a reason not to trust her, he was like... Well, okay, that makes sense. Let's get married. And they did in December 1988. Marriage numero dos. Okay. All of these choices are just terrible. I mean, I nothing surprises me at this point. Yeah, not with Celeste. So, not long after the wedding... Guess what? She had a miscarriage. Uh-huh. You want to know why? Uh-huh. That bitch wasn't pregnant. Right, exactly. A miscarriage, you know, mm-hmm. in quotes. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, what the hell? Okay. So, um, the twins were released back into Celeste's custody. And um, they rented an apartment in Glendale, which is northwest of Phoenix, which is close to the base because that's where his job is. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, so, with her past relationships, Harold had the same thing to say. Celeste was just going through the motions of sex. And when Harold asked her why, she just didn't seem... You know, interested in sex with him, and she would just cry and repeat the same story. Abuse from her father, and he felt sorry for her, and because he was a good person, he, you know, he he felt sorry for her. He was just like, oh, it's do you, okay, I understand. Do you think that she was struggling with her sexual identity? Do you know what I mean? Like, maybe part of... I mean, like, truly, not just as a manipulation move, but, like, truly, like, 
struggling with it and at the time it's very stigmatized and maybe that was part of the reason why she was acting out is she truly was not into men you read the book that's why I'm asking you because I'm like I'm kind of getting that vibe of um it's possibly maybe maybe but it was never like stated anywhere in the future was it or that's, am I on to something? That specific thing was not stated. Okay, okay. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Keep going. So. Keep going. I, actually, I think we need to stop here and continue on for our part two. Fucking. Oh, okay. Fine. Fine. Well, I mean. No, you right. could listen to me talk for three hours straight because <laughs> I'm an amazing storyteller and this I is, tell the best stories this in the is world. True. I'm in, enraptured. That's why I was like, okay, so what happens next? I know. I okay. Mean, Fair I, enough. Oh, I broke my chair. Um, I could go on for a little bit longer, but that's a good stopping point. I kind of feel like. Hold on. Hmm. Hold on, let's see. You know what? Let's go on a little bit longer. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna. Oh, that was a good. Te- I just it teased was, you real you good. You did. I teased you real good right there. But you're saying this is gonna be a two-parter. It and is we're gonna, gonna get, be a two-parter. Okay, and we're all gonna get a little snippet here of. This is that like on the next episode of you know. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm, Keep going. So eighty-seven. Celeste made a new BFF Lou. How much do you love that? It's spelled L-U-E. Uh, let me see. Oh, cute. I kind of want to have another baby and name her Lou now. Lou, there was another L-O-U who was a female that we had in another episode, I want to say. Well, are you Lou? Well, yes, true. (laughs) I'm like, uh, that would do no Yeah, Jessica. (laughs) Brain fart. But like, but I mean like it was her name name. Like not just Betty Lou, but like her first name. Really? I think so. Nah, don't, don't listen to me. I don't fuck I'm talking about. Y'all go back and listen to our other episodes and let us know. Yeah, please. Help me. Help me. Tweet me at C underscore podcast. <laughs> so Lou was more like a mother figure to her and she met her at work. Right. And um, actually for two years, the girls lived on and off with Lou and her husband, Gary, because you know Celeste liked to leave the girls and go gallivanting around. So she had the girls again. She got the girls in custody again. Uh huh. You know, because when she married Harold, stability. This is where like biological parenting is uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they're the person they need to be with. Exactly, but at least we know they were safe this time. That's because true. Gary and Lou, they were good people. Okay, like, good. I kind of feel like the girls need to stay with Gary and Lou. Okay. But, you know. So, with the girls spending most of their time with Lou and Gary, um, while they were in Phoenix, and then they were spending the summers with Craig in Washington, and Craig being a great father, um, this was actually a very happy and stable time for them. And Jennifer didn't want to leave their father when it came time to go back, but Christina was not... Happy being away from her mother. Come close. Closer. Closer, everyone. Closer. Because I'm going to tell you a secret. Okay. I'm ready. Christina was her mom's favorite. (laughs) Did she say that to her? Celeste would whisper in Christina's ear that she was special and she was the daughter she truly loved. What the fuck? 
Christina had a very codependent relationship with her mother. Shocking. I mean, of course, look at this fucking... That's awful. You don't do that. No. At all. Ever. Especially with twin... Like... Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't. There's just so much th- to say. It's hard to say at all. <sighs> I'm going to move on. Yeah. So Celeste and Harold's relationship continued on basically as a marriage mirror image of her and Craig's relationship until Craig was not Craig. We're on to Harold. My bad. I mean, it could I, have been Craig at this point. I would have been like, yeah, I should right. have stopped when I said I was going to stop. <laughs> until Harold was given orders to repost... Um, at the Kalflavik Air Force Base for a year tour of duty. Where where is that? Is that like a? It looks like a Sweden, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, there was actually a whole big thing about Craig, Jesus Christ, Harold being shipped out. Okay. Um, I, my story is getting real long. I can't tell you. Read the book. Listen to the book. There the narrator go. is great. <laughs> I lost my place. Um, so while in Phoenix and her husband's away, she was living her best life. I'm sure with she Lou. was. I'm sure she was. She alleged she got pregnant with a bartender's baby and SP had a miscarriage. So, after she allegedly lost the baby, she decided to have a hysterectomy because she claimed she had ovarian cancer, but she told Lou she had a hysterectomy so she wouldn't have to worry about getting pregnant again. You know what? I think that's the truth. And you know what? That's the best, worst news I've ever heard in my life. I mean... I'm here for this. Yes. Thank you. You're actually making a responsible decision, even if the the you know meaning behind it isn't the right reason. You know, I so, just thank you. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I've had a hysterectomy. It was the recovery was not an enjoyable experience, and I hope her her recovery was like mine times fifty two thousand. <laughs> Because she's a cunt. A little extra pain in there. <laughs> Maybe. I, Possibility. I may have questioned the anesthesiologist before surgery. I was scared. I said... They, I've heard stories that people wake up during surgery. That's not going to happen, is it? And he looked at me and said, That doesn't really happen. Whoa. So needless to say, when after surgery, after recovery, when I was in my room, because I had to stay the night in the hospital, I vomited mm-hmm. for the next I don't know how many hours, and they couldn't get it to stop. And I was in so much pain, I stopped refusing my pain pills because I didn't want to vomit anymore. Because they were giving me actual pills, not Pain through my IV. What the hell? They were giving me pills on an empty stomach. That's so stupid. I know. I started refusing my pain pills. And then eventually, the geniuses wised up. Maybe we should switch her anti-nausea meds. Yeah, yeah. And they did that. And I stopped being nauseous. Then I could take the pain. It was a hot mess. I mean, it was a disaster and a half. But anywho, no more babies for me. Um, Yay. And you're wishing her... That times 52,000. All the best. <laughs> Bless you, Celeste. 
So, anywho's it. I really hope she didn't have ovarian cancer. She could have. I don't know with this hot mess express. What's the truth and what's not? Because she claims she had ovarian cancer, but Lou says she told her she did it so she wouldn't have to get pregnant again. I don't know. Was she pregnant? Was she not pregnant? Right? God bless. So Celeste, she actually wouldn't let the girls attend school because she wanted to be with them all of the time. Narcissist. But yet, she was still leaving them home alone so she could go party. Right, she wants control. It's narcissism. Her children are an extension of her. Yeah, so eventually, um, probably due to the state of the apartment because it was nasty ass, mm. um, someone turned Celeste back into CPS. So the girls went back into the foster care system. And for some reason, Celeste called Craig... Get ready for this, y'all. Oh, my God. You are not going to see this coming. And said she wanted to join the army. What the fuck? Why? Why are these girls doing this? This is not the first one. I don't know. I mean, I'm not mad at it because Celeste was willing to sign papers giving Craig custody of the girls. Okay, now. That's different. And it happened. So, the girls went... Um, from foster care to living in Washington with their father. Nice. I mean, good. Celeste didn't Kindly. join. Celeste didn't join the army, which is a good. I mean, I mean, it's a good thing, really. But is it? Because the army could have strained her ass out. Mm, I don't think so. I think people like that in the army just learn more tactics on how to manipulate and be bad people. I or, mean, or could she have done something that would have gotten her court martial? And then they would have locked her up? Possibly. But also, like, it. I just think that knowing her, it would have probably gone in her favor somehow. She'd have figured out a way to manipulate it. And then all of a sudden, she'd be honorably discharged. I'm just saying, like, this is not the first one that said, I think I'm going to join the army now. No. No. I, this is the second story I've done with some bitch that has said, you know, it'd I'm be enjoy. fun. I'm going to join the army. I, yeah, it's a weird, like, turn... Like, this is an option. Just, I mean, it is an option at your fingertips, but it's like, but why that option? Why not, like, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to move here, I'm going to go to school, or whatever else. It's like, of all the things you're choosing, it's something that's way out of your comfort zone. I've had a lot of shit happen in my life. A lot of shit. And never once have I said, you know what I think I'm going to fucking do? (laughs) We have had someone in our lives that has said that. Which one? The one that went and lived in San Antonio. Oh, yeah. You're right. I, you know what? I'll actually admit, when I was 18, I was working and I thought about going, getting into like the national, the reserves, essentially, because you can make money or whatever, you know, and, and go to school. And then I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, a, it was literally, I remember one day I was working my retail job and I was like, I could do that. And I was talking to my friend at the job and they're like, I don't think you can do that. I'm like... You're probably right. <laughs> but you're right. It was never like a, yeah, this is for sure going to happen. And then I had friends in the military and it was just like, I don't, I have no need. I have no want. No. I'm too rebellious. They'd be like, they'd tell me to do something. I'd be like, oh no, no, no. Like, that's cute for you. I'm like, well, I'm not climbing mm. that. I'd be like, that's cute. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> 
so they'd be like, well, we're going to have to let you go. Um, this isn't working out. You didn't pass basic. But thanks. Thanks and for coming is, in. This is the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, you didn't unpack, did you? I'd be like, no fucking way I didn't. Yeah. This is what's going to happen when they draft us, girl. It would just be so bad that they're like, why don't you go try to free Britney? That seems more you. I'd be like, does this come in glitter? Yeah. Um, I am seeing that these boots aren't really like fully matching the pants and I just want to make sure we are aware of this. And be like, have you thought about putting pink laces in these? Yeah. Just to zhuzh a little bit. Just a little bit of zhuzh. Yeah. You're right. That would be not great for and, anyone. And be like, so can we discuss the hair? <laughs> what happens here? Am I allowed to do more? Do I need to shave it? Because so, I saw G.I. Jane and that's what she did. So here's the thing. Every six weeks, I have to go get my hair done. Like, um, do you have somebody on base that does that? Or do I need to go off base? Like, can I have the name of the girl? Like, can I see her work first? <gasps> and scene. Well done, us. <laughs> Yay! That would be us in the military. <laughs> oh, God. If you, if, if you ever needed a snapshot, there it is. That's us, living our best lives. And that's why we will get kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> One of many reasons. Okay, uh, so, so does she do it? Does she actually go into the military? She just says she's going to do that. Well, I told you she didn't. She didn't? No. Oh, okay. You just weren't listening. No, I wasn't listening to the last part because I got distracted by the skit. And <laughs> then I was in that. I was full in. You went balls to the wall full <laughs> in. <laughs> no, she ended up not going, but... Craig had custody of the girls. Thank God. Yay. And she's getting a hysterectomy. Yay. All is good. All is good. And we'll find out what happens next week. <laughs> so you're saying it doesn't end on a good note? No, we're ending on a good note right now. Oh. And I'm going to continue that next week. Gotcha. Well, awesome. All right, so stay tuned for part two coming up next week on Tuesday. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday.